Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. God has put in my spirit a passage from uh, the poetical section of the Word of God. I want to read a passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 through 2. The New Living Translation, I believe, of that passage. Send your grain across the seas, and in time, prophets will flow back to you. But divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risk may lie ahead. Amen? The King James rendering of that passage is, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knoweth not what evil shall be upon the earth. I want to share for just a little while, if you would encourage me, around the subject, what faith is not afraid to do. What faith is not afraid to do. For 10 chapters in this book, the author, um, King Solomon, paints a rather dismal and disappointing portrait of what life is all about. In his excellent commentary on this passage, Dr. Warren Wiersbe lists four arguments that King Solomon uses to support this bleak portrayal of life. They are, number one, the monotony of life. Number two, the vanity of wisdom. Three, the futility of wealth. And four, the certainty of death. If you read the first 10 chapters of Ecclesiastes, what you realize is that the problem Solomon is struggling with is that all of his premises and all of his arguments are horizontal. They're level. There's no vertical in his arguments. And he excludes, through these horizontal arguments, he excludes God from the picture. But being the wise man, the very wise man that he was, beginning in the 11th chapter, and particularly in the passage we're reading this morning, Solomon invites God to the stage. When he does, the portrait changes dramatically. It changes radically. When God enters the stage, life is not monotonous, but is filled with challenges and adventures 
that God uses to advance his purpose. The child of God who understands this recognizes that every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Material wealth alone is not evil or fleeting, but can be used to give us pleasure and to advance the kingdom of God. While man's wisdom is limited and cannot explain everything, our limitations drive us to the very feet of God where we find his wisdom and reject the folly of men. And finally, while death is certain, this is the perspective, this is the paradigm that comes when God enters the state. While death is certain and inescapable, it is not the end of life. It can be the beginning of another kind of life. For absent from the body, present with the Lord. And because we know of the certainty of death, there's no guarantee today that any one of us going to make it back home. And because death is certain, we should maximize every moment. So the man or woman of faith does not cower in the corners of life and is not ultimately defined or intimidated by the shadows of uncertainty that hover and haunt us in this world of sin, shame, and suffering. But rather in the verses that I've shared with you and extending to the sixth verse, life is portrayed as an adventure. Two metaphors or symbols are used to demonstrate this point. And in both instances, success in either endeavor, whether being a merchant or being a farmer, requires a faith that is not afraid. It is the first one. I don't have time today to preach both metaphors, but it's the first one that has solicited my attention. It is the one of the activity of the merchant who sends his ships out to sea. Solomon understands this. He perhaps is drawing from his own storied experience because he organized a navy and used the navy, the ships that he built and uh, equipped to trade goods with other countries. He understood the type of endeavor that a merchant who outfitted ships was involved in. He understood the risk, but he also understood the profits that could be made. As we unpack this moving metaphor, I think it helps us, I know it does, to understand what faith is not afraid of. Faith is not afraid to live boldly. Let me say it again. Faith is not afraid to live boldly. The merchant sends grain and other goods across the sea, fully aware that the moment the ship leaves the port, it begins a voyage across dangerous and unpredictable waters. And the merchant loses all control of those circumstances. The ship could hit a reef and sink. 
The ship could be caught up in a storm and capsized. The ship could be hijacked and marauded by pirates. But in spite of all that, the merchant stocks the ship and he sends it out to sea anyway. Faith in God is like that. It's bold. It's audacious. It's daring. It's confident. It's courageous. Faith is defined by the Bible as the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith leaps. It does not limp. Faith leaps. It does not limp. Faith is bold. It is not afraid to take risk. Not afraid to leave its comfort zone. Faith places its goods on the old ship of Zion. And then reclines in rest to see what God will do. This is a teaching of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Where the disciples had been out all night fishing. Jesus stands on the shore and tells his disciples, launch out into the deep. And their small faith is this time responds to the master and they go back to the very place they had fished all night long without success. And they catch so many fish, their nets almost break. He's telling them to live boldly. Don't let failure define you. Don't let what happened yesterday determine what you do today. Jesus' brother James write an epistle. And in that epistle in chapter 4 verse 7, he says, You have not because you ask not. You could almost interpolate that and says you have not because you venture not. You don't step out on faith because what prayer is, is is praying through stuff you don't know how it's going to turn out. Sometimes we have not because we venture not. We're trapped in the traditional. We are regimented by the routine. We are muddled in mediocrity. Uh, The handlers of elephants When a baby elephant is old enough, what they began to do is a conditioning exercise. They will put a chain around that elephant's leg and a stake in the ground. And they will continue that as the elephant matures. And the elephant becomes so conditioned that even when he grows to a point that he has the strength To pull up the stake. He still won't do it. Because he's so conditioned. In his mind. Oh I ought to have a witness here. There's some folk that can't move out. On what God wants you to do. Because of that loose chain. That loose stake in the ground. Some failure, some disappointment, some betrayal that's keeping you from moving into the place where God would have you to be. Elephant is powerful enough to to just pull it up. But just the chain on his leg 
There are congregations that are shackled like that by little chains that keep them from seeing what God wants them to do. Marriages can be shackled like that. Careers can be shackled like that. Faith is not afraid to live boldly. Let me tell you what the verse also teaches. Faith is not afraid to live broadly. Broadly. Notice in verse 2, in the uh, translation that we shared with you, the New Living Translation, it says, but divide your investments among many places. The message paraphrase of this particular passage says, don't hoard your goods. Spread them around. Be a blessing to others. The merchant had a broad perspective with regards to his business, and therefore he diversified his portfolio. The wise merchant did not put all of his money in one ship or invest all of his resources in just one enterprise, knowing that given the uncertainty of the business, anything could befall him. He diversified his investment by outfitting other ships and pursuing other business interests. Faith is not afraid to live broadly. When we are really operating on faith, it will be demonstrated in an openness and a capacity intellectually, relationally, and vocationally. We won't become too narrow, too predictable, This man did not put all his eggs in one basket. See, the principle in this text is that this merchant understood one ship can go down. You need to diversify your interests. I'm not talking about some kind of flawed, shallow versatility, but I'm talking about developing relationships and purposes and passions that are meaningful. What are you doing right now in your life that is stretching you outside your comfort zone? We need to cultivate new relationships, new passions. God has called us to that, and faith allows us to do it. So faith is not afraid to live boldly. Y'all see that point? Faith is not afraid to live broadly. Faith is not afraid to live blindly. To live blindly. It says in the uh, New Living Translation, and in time, what the merchant did is outfitted the ship, supplied the ship, sent it out. But he didn't send out the ship one day and it came back the next. The New Living Translation says, and in time, the King James says, after many days. The merchant stood watching the ship leave the port, leaving the harbor, And it sailed out of sight into the vast oceanic sea. But he does not despair. He does not break down. For he knows this loss of sight is the price he must pay to secure a profit on his investment. He understood because he knew how to live blindly. Faith is not afraid to live blindly. 
that we have to make it through and only faith can do it the in-between times. When the ship is out of sight, those in-between times, those times that Richard Niebuhr, the great uh, theologian, said is the meanwhile. The time that Paul talked about when he said, now I see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Between now and then, how do we live? When the child is out of the nest. When the finances are out of balance. When the longed for companion is out of sight. When the lab results are out of range. When the doctor is out of answers. When the job you need or the promotion you need is out of reach. When the marriage is out of fire. When the ministry is out of purpose. How do you live when you have to live blindly? Faith is not afraid to live blindly. I attended a wonderful birthday celebration for a young couple. The husband gave his wife a surprise birthday party. While the final preparations were being made for this celebration, he drove her around for a couple of hours. And he asked her while he was doing this if she would be willing to be blindfolded. He didn't want her to know where he was taking her. He wanted it to be a surprise. She went along with this ruse primarily because she trusted him. And she knew he loved her unconditionally. After about two hours of driving, unfortunately not being pulled over by the police for suspected kidnapping, they arrived at the place where the birthday celebration was being held. It was taking place at her own home. And he needed that two hours to make sure all the guests, the families, and the friends were in place. The blindfold wasn't removed until she walked through the door. Sometimes God blindfolds us. He asks us to trust him. He said, can you trust me? I, I can't tell you why you're going through what you're going through right now. But can you? You know I love you. You know I've always been there. Fire. Can you trust me long enough till I get you to the place? Some of y'all got the blindfolds on right now. You've been trying to figure out how you can tag it, but I'm going to help you with it. You don't have no answers to your question. You don't see no resolution to your problem. But all you know is your faith won't give up on God. No, no. And you're going to take that ride because can't nobody do you like Jesus. You're going to take that ride because you like Peter. You said, Lord, where can we go? Where can I go? You got the words. What I'm telling you, don't give up on God. You won't be riding all the time. One of these days, he's going to get you to the place 
and you're going to walk through the door and he's going to pull off the blindfold. <laughs> he sends the ships out. He can't see them the whole voyage, but he trusts that they're going to return. Sometimes God wraps a blindfold around us. Faith is not afraid to live boldly, to live broadly, to live blindly. And because it's not afraid to live boldly, broadly, and blindly, faith lives bountifully. At this point in the passage, after that in-between time, what Solomon acknowledges is those ships don't stay out to sea forever. One of the reasons you can still have a praise inside of you when ain't nothing happening right now is because the ship you sent out last year or 10 years before comes back to the harbor. Well, your faith in God 20 years ago, you see God acquitting that faith right here and right now. One of the joys I have as a pastor is to see people putting the ship out to harbor, seeing them stock it, seeing them supply it, and trusting God. I had a former member to call me. She called because a ship had come in. She's an entrepreneur now. I said, I remember years ago when in that house, that little house, before you got that other house God gave you, that you, you designed before the architect even got involved, you laid it out when your sister needed you to step in when she got in trouble and you took her kids in. Girl, I remember you were just stocking the ship. All them times you said, when I leave this job, this factory job, pastor, my vision is I want to start my own business. I want to be a seamstress. I want to have my own business. He said, Pastor, I'd call you. Because she retired from that job. She started that business. And now, almost 20 years after we had that conversation, she said, I got a call from the operating officer from one of our most prestigious universities here. And they want me to handle the decor for the upcoming presidential inauguration. She lived boldly. She lived broadly. And she lived blindly. But see, if you don't send out a ship, some of you, you got all your stuff on the shore. Everything is locked up, locked down in the barn. You ain't going to share it with nobody. Ain't going to give nobody nothing. You're trying to hold on to it, hang on to it. Ain't sending no ships out, not broadening your horizon. Why would you expect anything to come in? But oh, yeah. You can still have a praise in you when you got ships out there. And on your worst day, one of them might come to the harbor. And God will let you know that your trusting him was not in vain. There are some things faith is not afraid to do. Live boldly, live broadly, live blindly, 
And somebody know what I'm talking about. You are celebrating some ships right now. When you look at that child of yours, when you look at that home of yours, when you think about that illness you had and how God fixed it, you can live bountifully. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.